the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Well, I hope you're having a fantastic weekend. My name is Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR. You're listening to The Word in South Texas. This program is called Church of the Week. And uh, it's my pleasure every single week to introduce you to a pastor in and around the San Antonio area. We so appreciate you listening to the word here on um, on 6.30 a.m. You might be listening online through your streaming uh, on our website, kslr.com, or perhaps on your mobile device uh, with the mobile app that we've got at KSLR as well. Um, and so, again, we appreciate you listening and, and hearing the word. However, we want to make sure that you're a part of the local community church. Uh, we believe it's very important that every single one of us as uh, Christian followers, as Christ followers, are connected to a local community church so that we can have someone that we can go to as our pastor. We can have a group of people that uh, can encourage us, that can we can talk to, we can pray for, we can uh, challenge one another, we allow the Lord to stretch us, um, and uh, just so that we can, we can pray for one another and encourage one another. So uh, today we have in studio... Uh, pastor Andy Taylor. He's a pastor over in Seguin at Faith Lutheran Church. He's going to be telling us all about what's going on out there. So, Pastor, first of all, just welcome to the studio. Good to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be here, Mark. Thanks so much for inviting us. Yeah, so we want to get a little bit of a background info on, on you. So if you don't mind, just kind of give us a little bit of a, a biography uh, uh, about yourself. Okay, great. Yeah, I am a new pastor there at uh, over at Faith Lutheran in uh, Seguin, and so we just started in January, and so we're excited about the new things that God wants to do there. I have a lovely wife, Liz, and so we're Andy Taylor and Liz Taylor, so we've got those famous names, yeah. and then we have two uh, young children. We've got a three-year-old uh, who is Abigail Taylor, and then we've also got a 10-month-old, just turned 10 months old, uh, Sophia Taylor, and so they're uh, our joys of our life, and so we love having them, and uh, we're looking forward to being part of the community there in Seguin. And so uh, Faith Lutheran Church is a church that just celebrated its 50th anniversary. And so we're looking forward to see what uh, God-sized dreams God has for us uh, there in Seguin. So where are you uh, from? Born and raised? I was born here in, uh, in Texas, in Mission, Texas. And then I basically grew up, though, in San Antonio. I moved here in sixth grade. And so I uh, went to Jackson Middle School and then went to Robert E. Lee. Uh, for high school. And so my mom is uh, still uh, resides here and everything. My dad passed away, but uh, so we get back to San Antonio quite a bit. And so we're that's uh, we're excited to be closer now and be in Seguin and yeah. can come and maybe go and see a Spurs game and things like that. Yeah. So. Mission, Texas, isn't that a home of Tom Landry? That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Tom Landry, he actually, I was little when we moved away, so I didn't know him, but he did touch me on the shoulder once up in Dallas. And, okay. Uh, and so that was my uh, claim to fame. We were, <laughs> my friends were blocking the aisle after a, a seminary graduation. I said, hey, you guys need to get out of the 
the aisle, and all of a sudden I felt this hand on my shoulder, and there it was. It was Tom Landry, and wow. I was like, wow. And he said, thank you very much, young man. So, But, yeah, his dad was the fire chief there in uh, Mission, Texas. Is that right? So, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you moved here at sixth grade. Uh, do you know, did you guys move here because of ministry purposes? Do you know? or what? Yes. Uh-huh. The, yeah, my father was a Lutheran pastor, and so he was I at see. Gethsemane Lutheran Church here in San Antonio, and so that was the last church he had. He retired here, and so... Uh, yeah, so that's how we got to San Antonio. And uh, becoming a pastor, was this something that was kind of what you wanted to do as a kid? or did you have Well, I, I was around it with my father, and so you know, there's that side of it. Uh, but I think it was kind of a gradual dawning in college. I thought about doing some other things, and I'd always heard the advice, if you could do anything other than the ministry, try and do it. And if you can't, you know, if you're called to the ministry, you won't be able to get away from it. And right. so... Uh, when I first got out of college, I did child abuse investigations, and while I was doing that, I really saw that the need that the people had was for the gospel, that mm. it didn't matter how great a social program we came up with, that we were silly, simply just putting a Band-Aid over the real cancer that they had of the sin and the things that were in their life. And so I wanted to be about that ultimate solution. And so then that's when I decided to go to seminary. And uh, unfortunately, uh, many of the Lutheran seminaries had gone away from the authority of the Word of God. And so I did some of my seminary uh, education at different places, at Dallas Theological and uh, Trinity. At that time, it was a uh, Trinity Episcopal School for Ministry that were, you know, stood firmly on the Word of God and then finished up at a conservative Lutheran seminary, American Lutheran Theological Seminary, so that I could make sure I knew the gospel and then could communicate that uh, effectively uh, in the churches. Uh, Our church is part of a group called Lutheran Congregations and Mission for Christ, and so we're not part of the main uh, Lutheran church. We've uh, churches that came out of that so that they could really stand solidly on the Word of God. So we wouldn't say that we left the church, but we'd say they left us and what Martin Luther had really founded on of that foundation of the Scripture and uh, the gospel of grace that you find through faith in Christ. So, For someone that's new to Christianity, they're, they're trying to kind of just find their way and navigate through um, just all the different denominations that make up the Christian faith. Um, what can you tell us about the Lutheran Church, the Lutheran denomination? How How is that different from uh, some of the other ones? Right. Well, as far as our uh, particular Lutheran group, uh, our title for our denomination is Lutheran Congregations and Mission for Christ. And so we're Lutheran in the sense that we stand on the Word of God, that the Word of God is central, but we do that through word and sacrament. So we believe that uh, the sacraments are very important, that um, you know, communion and baptism are always going to be part of our life, that through baptism we uh, are baptizing, usually uh, we'll baptize both uh, children and adults, but we want to make sure people know what they've been uh, baptized into, that they've died to their old way of life, and now they've been raised to newness of life in Jesus Christ, and so it's the job of the church to teach them that, and then they are fed through taking communion and being part of that body of believers. And so those are two Lutheran tenets. Uh, but then we're a congregation, so we're a congregational uh, where the congregation has the authority as far as we don't have a hierarchy that dictates to us. We're part of a, an association of churches that work together, but really we keep the the decisions on the local congregational level. Uh, Luther uh, and the Bible believe in the priesthood of all believers so that then we can make those decisions and feel like, hey, if you have a body of believers, what you started out with, and we had this text on Sunday, uh, actually out of 1 Corinthians 12, that we need 
everyone because no one has all the gifts. And so right. you need that body of believers to be part of. And so we have that side. Then we're in mission. So we're called to be sent out with the Great Commission to go into the world. And so we do that both locally and then abroad and around the world to say we have to be about the mission of the kingdom of God. And so that's part of our group. And then the most important part is the last part of our name, In Christ, is that we're there to promote Jesus Christ, that that is what we're about, and to help people fall in love with him and then be equipped in the gifts that he's given them to go out and then spread that love uh, to others in their workplace or whatever uh, aspect God might have them to do. You know, um, your father was uh, part of uh, the Lutheran Church and minister, pastor. You grew up in that. What what drives you to continue to want to do what you do? Uh, sometimes people, you know, just generally speaking, will just take on a job just because it's a job. It provides money or provides some form of satisfaction. Is there something beyond that? Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a calling in your life. Right. I would I would say that the call in, in the Lutheran Church, we actually call a pastor. We don't hire a pastor mm-hmm. because we do acknowledge that, that there needs to be an internal call that we would say and also an external call that people have seen and confirmed that. And so uh, Oswald Chambers kind of talks about there's kind of two types of calls that some people have that Damascus Road experience where, you know, it's like Paul and it's lights and all this. But that's the more rare exception. That for most uh, men and women called to the ministry, it's a more internal knowing and gnawing uh, or a fire in your bones that this is what you have to do or like the call of the sea. And over time, you kind of realize this is what God has called you to do. And then hopefully others then see that gifting in you, that calling, and, you know, uh, come and affirm that. And so I would have people that were part of my life and in the church affirm that. But then God, through his providence and through the Holy Spirit, there were people one time I was in a choir concert. I went to Texas Lutheran in Seguin, um, you know, and we were in Iowa somewhere and in the bathroom, you know, washing up to come. And there was a gentleman, older gentleman just came over and he said, young man, you're called to go into the ministry. Hmm. And so, you know, and I would have that happen several times. I was in Alaska with a ministry called the Christian Ministry in the National Parks and had a similar thing. I'm, you know, cleaning the restroom. And this guy just says, young man, I don't know why, but the Holy Spirit's just telling me you're to go into the ministry. Wow. And so, you know, and so you have those things. And then as what you're mentioning is there has to be a perseverance in whatever your calling is, whether you're called to be a pastor or what have you. And I think that's something that Christians forget many times is that perseverance, that God has given them a vision or a dream or a calling. And too often when things get hard, they simply drop that by the wayside. You know, I I was raised in the Lutheran church, but then I'm Lutheran by conviction. I've visited all the different denominations. But because I didn't go and just go to a Lutheran seminary, I could have had a full ride and all that. But I had to pay for all my own uh, seminary and things like that. And so the the road was much harder, and it took a little bit longer and things like that. But that's part of, I think, um, acknowledging the call. You know, I had other people, you know, say to me over the years, say, you must really be called to this because, you know, you're really having to fight through it. And I think that's sometimes we lose that as Christians is that sometimes we become a little too wimpy. And if God's really put his hand on you and said, this is what you're to do, then we need to trust him and be faithful to him and know that he'll be faithful to us and then to fulfill that calling. And so, you know, so I'm going to preach in uh, 
lift up Jesus whether I'm getting paid or not. You know, that's just yeah. that's what he's called me to do. And so and there's other people that have, you know, a great calling to be a mechanic or or what have you, and to do that in the ability and the strength of Christ, but they need to do it, you know, with all their uh strength for Jesus. So what would you say, Pastor, to someone that uh, knows they know deep down in the spirit that that the Lord has called them to uh, a ministry. Maybe they maybe they are ministering. Maybe they're pastoring somewhere, but times just got tough for them. Uh, maybe they've just you know they're in a place right now where they're really questioning um, themselves. How can they? How, what words can you give them to encourage to stay the course to just continue to do what they know deep down inside God's called them to? Yeah, I think one of the the things like with so much of our Christian walk. Uh, is to stay in the Word, is to go to the Word and get encouragement from Paul, right? That Paul is constantly getting hammered in mm-hmm. his ministry, and he has this thorn in the flesh that from my reading of the context and everything is is really these people that keep going with him and, a, and ahead of him even sometimes to cause problems. But he stays in that, and you see that God is faithful to him. And so I think that's one thing is to see the examples of perseverance in the scripture and how God brought them through, like David with his calling. You know, he's got Saul persecuting him, then he's got his son Absalom, but he stays at his calling. So I think some of that is to get into the word. The other side, I think, is to pray and to to speak to God and to realize that we have a living God that speaks to us through the scriptures, but also through the Holy Spirit and through other believers. And then that's where, too, as we started out with, is not to forsake the fellowshipping of others, is to go and to get that support and to not keep our struggles or things inside, but to go to other brothers and sisters and say, hey, look, you know, I've had this calling, I feel like, or I've maybe been doing it, but I'm just burned out, or I just don't know what to do, and allow the body of Christ to come alongside you, because there are burdens that we are to bear ourselves, but then there's also burdens that the body is supposed to help us bear up as well. And so we have to see both of our responsibilities uh, in that. But I would think those would be the, the three things that I would start with. Well, there you have words uh, of encouragement from Pastor Andy Taylor. He's the pastor at Faith Lutheran Church, located at 1326 East Cedar Street in Seguin. For more information, you can call 830-379-7036. Perhaps there's something that Pastor shared this morning that uh, you'd like to find out a little bit more about. You can call 830-379-7036. You can also find out more information about Faith Lutheran Church by logging on to Faith Seguin. Dot org. That's faithseguin.org. Uh, Sunday morning worship service begins at 9 a.m. and the Christian education begins at 10.15. Also a, a contemporary uh, service led by the youth that happens once a month on Wednesday evenings. Pastor, there are so many different aspects of ministry, so many different things that can be done during the course of ministry. Uh, what are some of the greatest things that you just enjoy doing? And not that there's others that you don't enjoy, right? But, I mean, what are the things that just give you the greatest satisfaction in ministry? Uh, well, I think some of it, one, I, I would say, is teaching the Word of God to people and helping them to see the wonder of the Word of God and have people uh, just have those aha kind of moments and, and see like, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing how God, you know, like in Genesis 22 yeah. that you see the, you know, that it's the same mountain range with Mount Moriah and then uh, where Calvary is and to see how God puts that together. And even the age of uh, Isaac, you know, that most of us think of Isaac being a small child, but really when you work through the chronology and everything, he's 
37. And so that's why on the Jewish uh, side of things, they call that the binding of Isaac, that he wasn't some young man. His dad's 137. He's 37. So he has to submit to this in the same way that Christ did. And so we see those parallels. And if you work through Jesus' chronology, depending on how you do it, if you do his birth around 5 or 4 B.C. and his death around 33 A.D., you you get that same age range. And so just to see some of the wonders in the Word and as people see that, that's always exciting to realize, hey, this is true. And then uh, I think, too, engaging in the culture, uh, in the cultural battle. Uh, that's actually where uh, you and I met was out at the um, pastor's uh, screening of God's Not Dead 2. Yeah. You know, and to be part of those things, or we just, our church just uh, was a host for the Texas Rally for Life. And so I think engaging in the culture and talking with people uh, about those things of how to be a prophetic voice in the culture, um, because we have to realize that if the culture is corrupt, whose fault is it? Mm. It's the church's, because the church is called to be salt and light. And so we are the one that is to keep the culture from corruption. And if the cultures become corrupt, we have to take our responsibility, our part in that. And that's why I think judgment has to start in one sense with the household of God of saying, hey, you know, it's not the politicians. It's not the education. The church has to look to itself. And I think so engaging in those issues and, and helping the church to once again uh, regain its prophetic voice, of not, forth, uh, not foretelling the future, but forthtelling the wonderful works of God and what he's doing not only in the written scripture, but as a living God, what he's doing now in our times. And I think that's um, an exciting thing for me as, as people see that, hey, he's the same God. You know, he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Yes. And that he's active and he's moving through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's active in our lives. And so to give people, as we talked about uh, the calling, that dream. What is God's God-sized dream for you? Because I think, unfortunately, too many individuals and too many churches – what we're doing, we can do pretty much in our own strength, hmm. right? That if we want a God-sized dream, it has to be something that only God can do. And so that's what you see, you know, that the Red Sea opening or the walls of Jericho falling down. You know, we don't, we've kind of lost that mentality of what are the big things that we're going to do through the empowerment of God. And that's what I, we're going to try and encourage our new church to get that vision and uh, as individuals, but also corporately as a church to say, hey, if we can just do it all in our own strength, what do we need God for? And, and that's, the, that's the big thing is to have that God-sized vision, I think. So let's talk about some pro- practical things that, that we can do as, as Christians. Uh, you know, we, we heard terms that you just mentioned, like uh, the prophetic voice of God uh, being salt and light. So here's a fired-up, brand-new convert, just been baptized. They received Christ as Lord and Savior. Um, what, is, what are some practical things that we can now begin to tell that person, to disciple that person to now go out and do on an everyday basis, going off to work, going off to school, going downtown? What can we do? Well, I think some of it you know, depends on where their circumstance is. But to simply live their life for Jesus Christ is that— are you taking care of your marriage, right? That many times we try and make the Christian walk so spiritual, you know, that we're, you know, we're so heavenly that we're no earthly good in right. that sense, right? And that, you know, well, are you taking care of your marriage? Are you, you know, or are you thinking about divorce? Well, if the church would get that one aspect right, 
people will be flooding our churches. You know, we've got a 50% divorce rate at least in the church, same as the culture. If we had it only at 5%, you wouldn't be able to keep the people out. And so I think that's one of the things is to walk out your faith. As this. And so in your job, do you do your job well, right? Do you do it well? Do you honor your supervisor? Um, do you cheat? Do you steal from your company? You know, well, uh, it's just some pens. It's just like, well, no, the word says, and that's where the young new believer has to learn the word, but to say, hey, you know, the Bible says if you've been stealing, stop stealing, go get a job, you know, and now give to the poor. And so I think that's part of the thing. As people see this change in that young believer, what are they going to do? They're going to say, hey, you know, we'll use your name. You know, Mark, man, you used to do this and do that, and now you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Why? And so now that's really what it means to you know be a witness is now they you can say, well, because of Jesus. You know, he changed my life. I can't do what I used to do, and now I've got to do these other things. You know, I used to go and neglect, neglect my family. I was always going and playing softball and doing all these things that aren't necessarily bad, but I never made time for my family. So now the Holy Spirit's told me i got to do that. And when people see that difference, I think that's then how we have um, – that opportunity to speak into the culture and then also to, to, to just tell that new believer to love on people, mm-hmm. you know, just to say, hey, just what, like what you would want in which the Bible says, you know, do unto others as you'd have them do to you. How would you like to be treated or loved and go out and practice that uh, in your uh, workaday world? And when people, when those opportunities, when God brings those opportunities, when someone, you know, most all of us go to work and someone says, man, I'm, I'm just not feeling so good today. As of just to ask people, you know, and you got to know the context of your particular work environment, but just to to say, hey, would you mind if I prayed for you? And just those little simple things, I think, can be revolutionary in the culture because so few of us are doing them anymore. Things that used to be kind of normative, you know, have become now the exception. And I yeah. think that would be the the big thing is just live your life out. Uh, by the dictates of Christ, and and if you need advice or whatever, to come to other believers and go with them and see, you know, if you're just totally clueless, to to see how do they live that out, because then that'll help. Because that would be one of the other things. If it's a new, brand new believer, I'd say, hey, you need to get a mentor. Yeah. You, know, you need to get someone to come alongside of you in your church, or if there's someone else that's a Christian in your workplace or something, to say, hey. I'm brand new to this. Can you mentor me? Because that's always part of Satan's strategy is to just cut you from the herd, right, and get you off. And you see that in nature and you see that too with Satan. And so um, the more that we can stay, you know, connected to the body and not allow uh, wedges to come in in the body, you know, of little bitternesses and things and say, oh, I'm not going to go anymore because she sat in my pew or, you know, did this or that, these little things that usually – you know, uh, cause so much uh, angst in the body, and if we can really love each other, because if we if we love each other, um, then the world's going to see that and and know that there's a difference in us. We talk about staying connected, and and let's use that as a segue here in the last couple of minutes we have uh, together, just to to learn more about being connected to Faith Lutheran Church. Tell us about uh, what is the culture like at Faith Lutheran Church. What can someone expect when they walk through the doors? 
Well, like I said, it's a, it's a church that's been there for 50 years um, and everything, and it's a smaller town, so most of the people you know kind of know each other. But what we're wanting to do is create a new culture there where new people are coming, new people are being welcomed, and hopefully uh, you'll find very friendly people. I think most of the people uh, do a great job of that, of welcoming and just uh, wanting you to, to know that. There's going to be uh, opportunities for different types of of worship, and that's one of the things as a new pastor there that we're going to look at possibly having some uh, going from one service to two services and to give us a little bit uh, more variety. But uh, you're going to hear the uncompromising truth of God preached. Um, and so I tell my people I'm an equal opportunity offender. If I haven't offended you yet, <laughs> I'll get to give you. Give me time. <laughs> right, because the Word of God and you know, is is a scandal on it's a it's offensive because it comes against our pride. You're right. You know, and it humbles us. And so that's my job is to to lead and equip them. And so you're going to find a pastor that's on fire for the Lord. And then that's part of my job is to uh, help communicate that fire to the people and for us all just to grow together in this loving, caring uh, community of faith there, and to be guided by God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit uh, moving through it all. So. Yeah, very good. Well, we want to uh, make sure that everybody knows how to get a hold of you. So uh, why don't you take a moment just to do the invitation, tell us exactly kind of the area, the location where you guys are at. Okay, great. Yeah, if you come to Seguin, we're located off of Highway 123. We're right across from Seguin High School, so we're very easy to find. We've got a large uh, sign that's uh, got some electronics on it, and so you should be able to find us right across from Seguin High School. Once again, the address is 1326 East Cedar Street, Seguin, Texas, and that zip is 78155. All right, and for more information, you can always call the office at 830 379 7036. Number again is 833 7036. Uh, online, you can go to faithsegin.org, Uh You're encouraged to uh, join the Sunday morning worship at uh, 9 a.m., followed by the uh, Christian education at 1015. And don't forget that the youth uh, lead a contemporary service once a month on a Wednesday evening. So find out exactly when that's going to happen by either calling. Or going online. Uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Andy, I almost called you Randy. Pastor Andy, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you being here in the studio today. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for your time, and uh, just God's blessings to all those that are out there listening. Amen. And for those of you, God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Continue to listen to The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM 630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.